Welcome back to episode 12 of the Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. This episode, we thought we would address how you might talk to someone about potentially seeking help or seeing if there's even that they're having an issue, a potential mental health issue, whether that's a friend, a partner, or a spouse. So how do you even go about bringing this up or do you bring it up? Because I think that's what a lot of people have a question about is, am I going to make things worse if I bring things up? Am I going to make a mountain out of a molehill? Is it even my right to bring something up with my friend? Matt, we'll let you start there. That's a, a, <laughs> a broad place to start. At its core, I think what we're starting with is there's something about this other person in my life, whether it's a friend, spouse, what you listed off, that causes me to have concern. When in that spectrum of concern, do I take it upon myself to address it? And I think this could expand beyond mental health, and it may help for context to expand it beyond mental health. There's a lot of barriers people make up for themselves of why it's not their place to address it. So maybe the best place to start is there is, when do I know it's my place to address? So you'll notice if you've used that word sort of several times throughout our podcast about, well, that's a really broad area to sort of start with. And sorry, but that is by design on my part. I think people try to simplify things sometimes too much. It's really important to start from a a broad perspective because that means there's lots of possibilities, not preconceived notions of what is going on with somebody. So the first question I would have to you It's not whether you should intervene or not to do a little reflection on this. And the reflection is, I have a concern that something is going on with my partner, my spouse, my friend, because I'm seeing some differences. Usually what you see is differences in behavior. Sometimes it's expression also, but oftentimes it's differences in behavior. What happens or at least should happen sometimes, is might I be doing something that is leading to that, you know, versus they're having the problem, they have an issue, and for some reason I have no involvement in that. So I think taking a little bit of reflection and say, you know, have I myself changed what I've been doing, my interaction with that person, have I been more distant, have I, say it's a friend, have I been more engaged with other friends, And for some reason, I've not been giving this friend as much attention as I I used to. It might just be part of life. And say you're involved in sports and you were in basketball together and now you're you're in track and they're in golf. So you're just in different social groups right now and you're spending a little time apart. So you've seen a, a difference. It's important to take a sort of a broader perspective. You have taken that and now you see that your friend, your spouse, your partner, you really are do have some concerns for them. You know, you've seen that they've been more distant, more irritable. They've just seemed more sad, less involved in things, less motivated, less talkative when you're around them. Maybe they've changed certain behaviors. And now you're going, well, I don't want to piss them off. I don't want to lose them. I want them to keep talking to me. How do I address this or do I even address it? I think a lot of people have that question. So the first thing they might do is they might talk to other friends, right? Have you seen the same thing? You know, are you experiencing that with this person? You know, in this these days of social media, you might have texts that are coming across or other friends getting the same text. It's a little different with spouses unless they're both huge texters and, and stuff like that. Usually one's 
more into that and one's not as much into that. You might be checking with your spouse's friends. Have they seen anything? Now, that's a dangerous one sometimes people think because, well, if I check with my spouse's friends, she hears back that I've been checking with them and, oh my gosh, this is not going to go well. Then I wasn't open with her to start with. There's a lot of those issues. So I would, I often get involved. You know, they show up in the office, so obviously they've showed up to get some help. But uh, there's a lot of people we know that never show up. In fact, the majority of people never show up. Sort of, they're out there sort of floundering. So how do you as a peer, a spouse, a partner, sort of help out in those situations? Hearing you talk, I think I took it a different way than than you intended. (laughs) And what I heard was... This happens a lot, folks. Right. If we're having this discussion of how do I talk to someone, right, then I think we're approaching it from the assumption that most people are uncomfortable having this conversation. It creates anxiety or angst to have that conversation because you put yourself at risk as the friend or the partner. You're not sure of the reaction you're going to get, and you have a concern usually. Am I going to help things out? Am I going to be rejected? Or am I going to make it worse? You know, my gosh, if I make it worse, I'm going to feel so bad. You know, I think a lot of people go through those, those thoughts. Yeah, so it's a anxiety-causing situation of, do I go talk to someone about a concern I have? So what I heard you say is, first, I'm going to see if I can rationalize why there's not a concern. It, are we just... No, in, no, 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 no. That's not what you said, but this I think this is the process people actu- oh, yes. actually go through more often than not. Oh, now right? that I agree with. So, well, you know, we're just in different activities now, or so I'm, I'm going to figure out a reason why I don't need to have the discussion. And then if I, I go through that and I can't rationalize it, then I'm going to make sure I confirm it beyond more than just me. So I'm going to go ask other people, are you seeing this? So I first I have to go through rationalization, then I have to go through confirmation, right? So you're putting it into the emotional legal court system in your mind. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Or just how many steps do I have to go through before I'm willing to deal with the anxiety? And I would even say to some degree in confirmation, I'm probably feeling out, is someone else more willing to go through that? And can (laughs) we get someone else to have that conversation with the person? That's probably true. Let me bring it back because you talked about that. A lot of people try to rationalize things away. That's just human nature. If I can make the problem go away, it's solved. You know, there's not a problem. The really issue is if you have a gut feeling, right? There's an issue or there might be an issue. I would say that I would trust your gut. What harm is there in addressing the issue? Where I was trying to go was those steps we're talking about, should people take them or should it just be something's different? You should just go address it. Whether or not it's a concern of there being an issue, maybe the start is just, hey, our relationship is different now and I don't like that. Or are we trying to get to a point where people are... I don't go address it until I think it gets to a certain point of seriousness in my mind. Yeah. So, Matt, you addressed a very important concept right there. And that is that you are going to the person about how it has impacted you, your feelings. You're not telling them that they're having a problem. You're not telling them that they're, they're having certain symptoms. You're saying, I'm feeling different and I'd like to get this solved because I'm uncomfortable. I'm sensing something different in our relationship. I do not like it. Can you help me sort of solve that? You invite your friend, your spouse, your partner to be more open because you have sort of turned the tables and you've made it about you. You've made it a much safer conversation. You're afraid of losing them. 
you want to increase the trust. So you have just taken a huge step in helping that person to open up rather than saying, I'm concerned that you might be depressed. You know, all of a sudden you put that person on the defensive, right? And they're going, oh my gosh, now I got to come up with reasons why I'm not depressed. I mean, that's probably the first thought they have. Unless they are, some people say, oh, finally, the person realizes, yeah, I'm not feeling good. And I didn't know what it was going to take. Often the safest route to take and a, a good route to take initially is to how it is impacting you and that you would like things to change because you want to be more involved and you want that relationship to get back like it was because there's a lot of trust in relationships. What you've brought up is the anxiety that we feel. If there was perfect trust, you wouldn't have that anxiety in the relationship because there'd be nothing to fear to lose. But it's just human nature that we are afraid of losing trust with a partner, uh, with a peer, things changing. We have a lot of fear on our own side that can create our own anxiety, our own depression, feelings of guilt. It doesn't make things worse to bring things up in, in that way. A good first step or a good first approach is to potentially, whether you assume there's an issue or not, not mention that you think that there's an underlying cause of why things are going on. Just, I'm not happy with the way things are. I want to work to make them better. For even if you approach it, I want to, you know, me as the person who's approaching the conversation, I want to make them better. How can we remedy whatever this concern is? Even a little slight thing, like uh, maybe you really have been in a little less contact. Well, maybe you've been in less contact because the person has been in less contact with you. But no matter what, you can bring that up by saying, you know, I know I've been in less contact. Uh, we haven't been talking as much. You know, that's on me. I, I want to get this changed. How can we help that? So you sort of take ownership of that and you take some of the accountability, even if it's not all on your side. The point is to help this person get better. So taking some of the ownership away so that they can sort of open up and it's more on you, you're holding on to that. It really is freeing to the other person to be able to do that. So that's the maybe ideal approach. But what we know today is most people don't take the ideal approach. More of what we hear about is I didn't address it or no one addressed it. And it's gotten to the point where I, I think we need to, to get outside assistance sooner rather than later. And I just want to go in and say, we need to go get help. How do I approach that conversation? Or is that even a conversation that can be approached in the first discussion? Are you talking about the first discussion? Unless it's to the point that there is vital concern, say you've heard your friend, spouse, peer might be suicidal, those things, those raise up huge red flags that there's immediate concern, right? So that's one thing. But if there's not that, I think you bring up and try to start that relationship like we've talked about. The point is to keep that relationship going and moving it forward. And how do you do that? So we've talked about first you sort of maybe you're that container that you first say, I just want to improve things. What is it that you might be experiencing that I could help out with or you could help me understand. Because what I have noticed is around me, at least, you just aren't smiling as much. You seem more on edge. I know that uh, some of the other friends have experienced the same thing. We're just worried and concerned. What can we do to be different or to, to help you out? And that it's amazing. You know, a lot of people then will open up and they've just been waiting for the opportunity that it is okay 
to talk. You know, we've talked about this when somebody gets cancer. A lot of times people are, do not provide that safety container that's okay to feel bad and to talk about cancer. Uh, so a lot of times it's just that. But say you do get somebody that uh, they're saying, no, I don't have a problem. I, I don't see anything different. Everything in my life is going fine. You know, I've developed some new friendships. I don't know why you would have a issue with that. Yes, I've changed jobs, you know, and it's going fine. I'm sleeping fine, so just mind your own business and go on. Because I think that's sort of what you're talking about a little bit. What do you do in that situation? It's a desire on, on my part as the person who's approaching. Fix the situation. And it might be because it's causing me stress or anxiety or it's affecting me in a negative way. So now I may be approaching it, the conversation from a, it's actually less about you, and it's more about me. And I think a lot of this anxiety may be out there around these discussions is they just take too long to happen. And it gets to a point that both parties, or at least one of the party, is so frustrated in the situation that it's almost now not able to go healthy when it's finally opened up and everything starts getting said. In my experience, maybe what happens is someone's so anxious or hesitant to have this conversation they they hold it back but then it comes out in another discussion hey we're having a fight or something's not going well and now i just start unloading everything <laughs> and now it's a blaming thing well if you were just better or if you just get help or if there wasn't this issue that you were having this other stuff wouldn't happen. And now we're in a really unhealthy discussion around it. Even if it would have been a, oh, thank goodness someone's just finally mentioning it. There's now all this other baggage that's coming along with the discussion. I think a, a lot of people may just be asking, how do I get over my own anxiety about approaching this discussion? So you don't end up in that situation? Or just like you were meant, maybe it's really going south or I have a, a fear that it's going to get worse if I don't approach it or all the terrible outcomes. But if anything else, just delaying the conversation because I really wish someone else would just have it for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you bring up several things. So it is very common, really, when the, these things happen that somebody has been sitting on their feelings, hoping it would just go away and afraid they're going to make uh, an, a bigger issue out of it. And then some, you know, it's the, the teapot syndrome. Everything's bubbling up and boiling, and then all of a sudden some small disagreement, and they're having a conversation. Say you're at home. I would be like at home with my wife having a conversation, and uh, something gets a little heated, and all of a sudden this other thing gets thrown into it out of nowhere, and the person is blind, saying, so go, where, where in the heck did that come from? And all of a sudden, that happens a couple times, and that other person becomes sort of on edge a little bit that, okay, what, when's this going to happen again? I think it's uh, important if, if you've been in that situation and you've been the one instigator of that, let's say, which is very common, that you should realize when you have further conversations with the friend, the partner, the spouse, that they're going to be hesitant to have significant conversation with you if things start getting a little heated because they're afraid what your response might be. You know, there's this thing with intermittent reinforcement is stronger than continual reinforcement. So what I mean by that is if one out of every 10 times your top is blowing in a conversation, I, 
as the other side, the recipient of that, I never know which one of the 10 conversations that's going to happen in, especially if it's happened a few times over multiple conversations. So now I am just always on guard and, and waiting versus if Every time you're the same, I know how to deal with you, right? So, but there are these things that are um, happen intermittently in, in people's lives. So the change you have to do as the person who's trying to then re-engage with the person, maybe actually have a discussion, is you have to expect the person is going to be defensive with you, maybe throw it back at you a little bit, and you have to remain calm. And you have to do this on multiple occasions, before you can really address things because you have to change the relationship. And that is on you to change the relationship. So you have to be willing to take the heat and make safety and trust back in that relationship some before you really go for it and, and can address the other concern you have. Or you might just also, you might just say, you know, honey, I'm sorry, you're right. I'm just going to address this to flat out. I've blown up a couple times. I've got upset. I'm so sorry about that. I am just so concerned. I'm really lost. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. You know, I want us to be a tighter unit, and I'm really afraid that how you're feeling right now, and I'm not able to help. How can I help? I don't know how to help. I know I can't fix things. I just want to help Help me help you. You can take those types of, of approaches. If I've made a decision that I want to approach this conversation with someone. I think potentially what sometimes causes anxieties and discussions to go poorly is I have a goal for the conversation, an outcome desire. And my outcome desire is you're going to go see someone. What's your perspective on should there even be a goal in the first conversation? And if there is a goal, what should that goal be? All I get is sort of break it down. You're a human. You're going to have a goal. <laughs> you might as well admit it to yourself. You're going to have a goal. The question is, are you okay if that goal is not achieved the first conversation? Are you willing to stay in that conversation ongoing to hopefully reach that goal? Because the other person's goal might not be match your goal and oftentimes doesn't initially. So can you be aware of your true goal? They're going into it, you know, this is all about the other person and to get them help. So they have to, you know, make that appointment, right? It is a good thing to understand what is in it for you, what is your goal, and be cognizant of that, and be aware that outcome might not be reached the first conversation. And actually, I would expect, and I think it's more healthy to expect, it will not be reached the first conversation. I think that should be your expectation. If it is, fantastic. But if it's not, that's really normality. Can you have, can you set up the first conversation so you will have the next conversation? So I think that would lead us into the next episode, you know, because we're all about having conversations and going down that mental health commute highway. We are going to sign out for this one, and we will see you on the next session of the mental health commute. Thank you very much.